Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 40-year-old from Lévis, Quebec, Canada. His hockey journey took him to Canada, the USA, and Germany. He was the Hockey East Rookie of the Year with the Maine Black Bears, a four-time NCAA All-Academic team member. Two-time second-team All-American, so for the Black Bears, I guess he was the Black Bear, my goodness. Fan favorite of the Nanaimo Clippers and the Hellbronner Falcons, the pod's first-ever French player. Welcome to the podcast, Michel Lavallee. How are you today? I'm very good, very good. Yourself? <laughs> I'm awesome, buddy. It's been way too long. It's literally, we haven't seen each other since we packed up our stuff in uh, Hellbron, Germany, eh? Yeah, that is a correct, uh, I, yeah, that is a few years, I guess. What would, yeah, I guess that would be 2012, 13, I think, or 11, 12, or something like that. Correct. I want to say 11, 12, yeah. Yeah. 10, 11, yeah. Yeah, so it's a good decade there. Um, so anyways, um, that's the first thing I get into is how we know each other, which we were on the same team for the Hellbron Falcons in the Sveita Bundesliga in Germany. Um, yes. And um, number yeah, 10 and 11. That's right. And uh, and you were a little skilled centerman. I was a little skilled winger. Um uh, you know what? We we can get into that year right now. You know, like we may as well talk about our year together right now. I would say uh, probably like you are the first Hellbron Falcon I've had on, and um, you know how it goes when you don't win and things are so disappointing at the end of a year, and everybody's like, "Well, we didn't win because of this or that or the other." Um, everybody kind of leaves with like a sour taste in their mouth, and I guess. We did underperform that year, didn't we? Uh, yeah, uh, underperform as a team. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, when you the expectation from day one is to win in, in a championship, you know, it's uh, you know, as much as I did as I do, it just uh, I. I don't know why that team did not perform. I mean, between you and I, I mean, I know there was some goalie situation that we've been through. Uh, if you, was that the year that Todd Ford left? I know that was the year uh, Nastyuk got hurt for a while. Well, yeah, there you go. We got everybody hurt for yeah. all of it. But 
No, you know why I think one of the biggest reasons why we lost was, was I had played in uh, Beedingheim where they would buy me whatever sticks I wanted and I could shoot the puck wherever I wanted. I knew where the, where the puck was going when I shot it. And then I get to Hellbron. You blame it on the sticks. I know, I know. I know. I I know. But like he literally said, the stick doesn't make the player. Like the GM said, the stick doesn't make the player, and they said they wouldn't buy the good sticks. They bought the, they would buy the the cheaper version of the same stick. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, you've been around a, as much as you know as I have, and that is kind of the challenge. You see how good organizations are. It starts from top to bottom, and if you don't treat your your players and your management and whoever cleans up the toilet the same way, then it works out. It works out usually for your advantage and you know we always felt as imports that there was always like a battle to get our things not to you know crazy extents we had everything we need i'm not bashing at all the program it, it, it i had the time of my life there for three years uh, but it, it's more you know in order to be playing free as a player you need to have the cloud of you know stuff happiness yeah i mean yeah it was always kind of a battle you know you and i knew what we needed as a player to perform and then all of a sudden we're like running laps and stuff before games and i'm like man this is not like you know if i know my friend wally he just wants to have a chew and then then get ready no i (laughs) um but like the uh like the sticks, I actually had a fan in Helbron that year, like found out like I wasn't happy with like the sticks they had bought me that year and there's nothing I could do about it. A fan bought me half a dozen and they were like 200 euros a piece. And like, like he changed my season the last 10, 12 games and probably kept my career going because I got went on a run because all of a sudden I could shoot it where I wanted. Oh, well, um, and between you and I, 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 I do think there's a couple of things that are, uh, you know, obviously technology these days is crazy, but uh, there's a skates and sticks are the priority. The rest of it, I couldn't, I couldn't care less. But you know, you have a, the skates and your sticks are pretty yeah. much the the essence of it. I I know exactly what you're talking about too, man. In the American Hockey League with the Toronto Marlies, my rookie year, I just could not get the stick I wanted. Like the curve was shitty. Oh, you know what? It was all kinds of numbers at the time, you know, like the D nineteen, the W, the WD forty. You know, it's like WD forty. <laughs> you are becoming English. <laughs> but no, you know, I just could never get my stick. You know, I, I it's like I've had. I, if I would have stick to one stick my whole career, I could have. You know, uh, you want to know which one it is? You probably know about those. It's the gray and red Eastern, remember? Yeah, nice stick. Oh, nice. No <laughs> but the way they're making sticks now, like if you buy the best sticks, like there's a reason why kids can shoot it the way they can now. It's because of the technology. And and Hellbrunner, Falcon, GM back in the day, you should have bought the good sticks and your team would have been better. But Mo- I don't want to be that negative because I, ha- I did have a – I did have a good year. Like we had a we had a fun time. Like we did have fun. We just we lost in the first round, and then it's you know it sucks to lose. But like we well, had a fun kinda, year. That's kind of why I hesitated. Um, come on, I I'm pretty sure that that I believe that was you on on that that lineup. But 
we played an amazing game one in that series when one of the twins ended up jumping to go save his brother. Were you there for that? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that the end wow. of the series? No, that was game one. That was game one. I thought I my memory, like when I lose, I just I try not to remember it. But I thought it was the last game. That's how we got put out. But that was so ridiculous. Tell that story. I mean, you don't have to say uh, names. Just say two brothers were on the team. You know. <laughs> I mean, to their defense, I mean both brothers. I mean, uh, I can't remember exactly the names. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but uh, just you know one. What was it? Two minutes what? left in the game, I, and, and one of them got like roughed up or got hit by another player or something, and he literally left the bench like extra man on the ice to go hit the guy like in the last two minutes of the game when we're in a, yeah. like a, a tie playoff game, right? Yeah, I believe there was like two minutes left that we were winning one nothing, and then that ended up putting them on the power play. We went to overtime, and then they won. That's right. Yeah, that's how the series started, right? That was and game I was, one. But I mean. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the rest of it, I don't even remember. I think it just went by like this. Pow! Yeah, and then all of a sudden we were done, and that was it. And we were like told we were not, we were not asked back. <laughs> well, well, that was Rico. I mean, that was pretty much told from the beginning that you know if you don't win, that's what Rico said. Like he, he was such under pressure, and I, you know, I did like Rico uh, some way somehow. Uh, you know, and now that I'm been coaching since I retired. You know, there's many, many things. I mean, you and I would have been great coach, you know. I mean, you and I would have, you know, called the, the Charlestown Chiefs where a player's coach could have. But, you know, uh, uh, looking back at it, um, you know, I, I was uh, a captain many years throughout my career. My career and uh, with the language barrier or for some certain reason if there's any regrets that i would have it would it would be to like you know there was so much bullshit as far as like points and stuff like that remember that i so that was what i heard about coming to Hellbron. the whole league knew about it like everybody talked about it <laughs> i mean i i you know and it was it was hurting the team it was really it was really is there's when, no there's no way you win championships when there's when there's other things in people's minds other than winning the game when you're thinking about that stuff you do not win championships you know that that's why you, you were always a leader and like i'm a leader too in a different way type thing but like we're kind of the same like we wanted a team to all get along and all be going for the same goal. And you're right. There was bullshit. And I had heard about it on that team before I went there. Then when we were there, I saw it, some of it firsthand. It was very different, and, but it's hard I when mean, you're the first guy, first year on a team and you don't want to say too much. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. You got these guys that are established there for a long time. So, you know, you people lead different ways and, you know, and then, you know, at that time, I, I wasn't 40 years old either. You know, I'm just trying to, you know, kind of call it survival mode, you know, too. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> and yeah, we're all just trying to keep contracts and stay in the game, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, I, there's, I mean, I did not get as much, you know, I, I did not get no advisor, you know, my decisions were my decisions type of thing. And, um, well, yeah, I, 
yeah, I, I just, you know, I had a time in my life, though. I mean, from well, the that's the thing. There were some great people on that team, and like there, and you know what? Even the people that like come into question about some of the points, they were great too, man. Like I loved hanging out with them. It was just a thing during games that would happen, and you're like. But, but like they were, I loved hanging out with them. It was great off the ice. The team all lived in the same area. We all got along. And uh, that uh, the two things of that season that I think we should bring up while we're on it, because we won't, we don't need to bring up Hellbrun too much later after this, but like that same season, we do have a lot of expectations. We go there. Um, it's the NHL lockout. They bring over Bernier, the goalie. They bring over, um, Bruno Gervais, who was an incredible teammate, and that guy, I remember, I told the story on this pod before, he actually fought for me in Krimichow, of all places. A guy blew me up, and I remember him fighting for me, and like, what a beauty that guy is. I remember that. He stepped right at the first period, bam, just went after it. He took the biggest giant in the whole world. The biggest German there is, and we got an NHL guy fighting for me. Like, are you kidding me, buddy? Stop it. <laughs> Protect yeah, yourself. No. Yeah, Bruno was great. Yeah, Bruno and Bernier was great, too. Yeah, they both were great. And then, um, so we are, we aren't winning that many games, though. And then they leave. Um, I think Bernier goes to the Spangler Cup. Bruno only came for like a month or whatever. So they leave, which the whole lockout thing and guys going to Europe is strange because they're not going to win you a championship. They're not going to win you a playoff game because they're not going to be there. But anyways, they leave. And um, we they were all a good time. We had fun. And then... We're not doing well, but we do have enough imports. We're full of imports. And then they decide to bring in, what was it? Three Slovaks. And they brought, do you remember the day Rico brought us in and said, you guys have been losing, so um, the blame's not going to be on me. It's going to be on you. And we're bringing in three Slovaks. And if you're not going to play good, you're not going to play. And then all of a sudden we had eight imports. Do you remember the last like month of the season? Yeah, one of those kids is like 18 years old. I, <laughs> I, 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 I uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of, you know, and again, we'll move on. We'll move on to some more positive. I got some better positive story because that, that is kind of weird. The weird, when you say about the sour taste that we left with that season, it's just that. It's like, it's because you lost. You lost. No, I mean, no, but they, they, they was just, totally mismanaged i mean i'm sorry now that i'm 40 i'm calling it miss i'm calling it mismanaged man you did not help like you know it's like uh, the the whole movie with jerry mcguire help me help you help me help you. <laughs> okay. uh, it's like it's like when we're it's like you and i so we haven't even got into this part of how we know each other but that same year we both have our first children and then right around the time we're having our first children the team was so kind as to bring in three new imports and say, your jobs are on the line. And we're like, oh, we're not stressed out at all. We don't have anything going on at home. No worries. Thanks, boys. <laughs> yeah, mismanaged, I'd say. So moving on is we did have our first children in Hellbron, Germany that year. Moving on. Negative stuff's over. All positive. This is a fun podcast. So. Yes. You have, yeah. I get the, yeah. give me a, a quick time up to run for a second hell. For a um, what? 
You got to go get a beer already? Okay, so this is what we're going to do. Is I'm going to have him talk about um, having our kids in Germany. And for my story was in Germany. Um, Lisa is ready to go with Colby. We get to the hospital. The nurses do not know any English at all. Um, and they are using me as the translator for Lisa. And that's not really that good because like I knew some conversational German, but um, as far as having a baby in talk, German, talk about a hard hey, language to learn, right? Dude, like you, I know you, you had were, to go get a beer. Yeah. But like I was trying, the nurses were telling me what Lisa was supposed to do when she was trying to have a baby. And I was like, um, I think they said push, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And like there was a couple times where I like we were doing body sign language and we were like trying they're trying to get me to tell her what was going on like what a stressful time because you see what they're going through and then you can't even speak with the nurses so then she's stressed out about that and it was wild how was your experience <laughs> all right let me let me go from the start so I had some experience in that hospital before because I believe this was my yeah that was my third year there right. Yeah. So I was yeah. there for three. So I broke my ankle before that, the year before. So, uh, so I get my surgery there. You know, a lot of things go pretty well and things like that. And then all of a sudden, uh, they had to put two screws. So I, I, I was actually like, here's the how it happens. I'm going on a breakaway during a game. I'm kind of make a move to the towards the metal goalie slides i snipe and then someone trips me and then i fall full speed into the board i believe it was in krimichau and then that was my second year and i broke my ankle so i needed two screws in in the ankle so i got the surgery down there at the hospital where we had the kids exactly the same spot uh I think it was almost a one floor different, sixth floor or seventh floor. Were you on the seventh floor? Oh, dude, I don't know that. <laughs> Jeez. I know what year and, and I, what date. I know, I, know, I know your drinking habits. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but anyway, to go, just so, um, so surgery is done. Make a long story short, surgery is done. So the lady goes and says, hey, Alice, good? I, I go, yeah, that's good. You know, I feel good. You know, and she's like, and I'm like, am I ready to go? Like, I don't even remember how I said that, but, I, you know, I, <laughs> so she's like, yeah, good, good to go. So I get home. I spend the night. I had to come back the next day at 11 o'clock. I get home. I got this ball. And this thing that's hooked up to me for my blood clot and thing like that. I'm so, and I come back the next day. Anyway, I spend the night, come back the next day at 11 o'clock and I go to the nurse, I go, uh, or the doctor, I say, Hey, uh, I have this thing too, also in my arm that I had all night. They forgot to take the thing <laughs> to put me out. <laughs> overnight i mean talk about language barrier my friend hey. <laughs> you went home with the thing stuck in your arm the whole night yeah the thing that puts you out you know like oh uh, yeah the, the it, IV. 
it's stuck, it, it, that long needle stayed up all night. And in Germany, you don't get all of the painkillers that you get in the U.S. They would prescribe me 600 milligrams ibuprofen. Like, I, I, anyway, <laughs> uh, what a story. So that was before the baby. And then we went on to have the baby there. Um, man, I, that day is memorable. Um, do you remember a little bit of a, your, a, your uh, like, uh, mine? And I, I can't say I remember when Colby was born. I, yeah, no, I, I don't remember. I See, I'm thinking you're going to remember yours and how it went all down. But for mine, it was we were about to get on a bus trip for a game six or seven hours away, which wasn't a regular season game. It was a Pokal game. And, um, oh, and we were talk about other discussions too. Do you remember that Pokal game? Oh no. So then we were about to leave and it's like oh, two weeks. Well, this is two weeks before he's due. And, um, we're supposed to be getting on the bus. And like, I literally would have been on the other side of Germany if it would have been six hours later. But so then we got there and it all happened. But like, I would have, I missed a Pokal game, but like if it would have been 10 hours later, I would have been on the other side of Germany with no way back. Yeah. No, like it's interesting how you remember that stuff when it goes down. It's quite the memorable day. So is the Pokal game that you miss is the, is that the cross check in the face that I got? Remember that? Uh, it must have been. Where were you? Where would it happen? That happened against uh, Ravensburg. No, that's not who I missed the game against. But um, do you remember that was your year? The cross check in the face. I you? do kind of remember it. Yeah, I sued but, the people. I sued the guy. Well, yeah, it was uh, the long blonde-haired guy, right? What was it? Yeah, yeah. what was this? You you sued him. Yeah, man, talk about a story, but that year, all kinds of stuff happened. Oh, oh my God. I, I definitely missed the game that he did it, though. I didn't see it, I don't think. I, I think I don't think he was there. There was a Pokal game, now that I remember it. The full-blown brawl. I, I, I wasn't I at the, that, for the, sure. I have the DVD of that, and I would show I, – I should I, – I could show – Oh, so you could, yeah, that would, if, yeah, if you have the DVD of it, like, I I remember it being bad now that you say it, it's interesting when you're not there, it's harder to remember, but yeah. But uh, let's go back to, um, so probably one of the best stories I ever had, man, uh, Julianne being born uh, in Germany. So we get the call on Thursday night, we have a home game. I don't remember again, Sue. So we have a home game on Friday night, I believe, like 8 o'clock. And um, we go early, 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 early on Thursday at like 11. The baby's not born until like 9.37 in the morning. I'm, hit, I'm, I'm eating schnitzel at like 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, go back at noon to take a quick nap. Uh, grab the camera and stuff, come back, and then... <laughs> Oh man. And then uh, go back to the hospital. I told Rico at the time, yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back for the game. I go back to the hospital, show up. We show up. He's buzzing. You guys buzzing me at like 7.15 when we're just about to go for a warm up. Are you coming? I'm like on the way, on the way. I get there, everybody's celebrating and stuff like that. And I don't know if you remember that game, but uh, 
So basically, what I remember is coming back in the dressing room, I five and the boys start to get dressed. You guys are going on the ice. I'm going to warm up. At the warm as the warm up go on, they say in German, Michel Leveille had a baby, blah blah blah. And then I scored the first goal, and then one minute left uh, in that period in that game, it's two two or something like that. I win the face off so hard that that the team was like tired. They all decide to change, win the face off in the neutral zone. Quick up to Lemieux. Remember Lemieux? Lemieux. He wasn't on our team, though. No, that wasn't Lemieux. Might have been a day. That's no. You don't remember Lemieux, do you? I. He played, but Francis Lemieux played with you guys before Mm -hmm. me. I played against him, but yeah. Not Lemieux then. But so anyway, quick up to him. Right to me, top cheese. We win four to three. Yes. I do remember that. I do remember when that all went down. That was the day she was born, eh? We went to Eckstein after, and I celebrated until like 4 (laughs) a.m. You had not a busy enough day yet, eh? (laughs) Uh, I mean, so so here's the situation. I get out of the game, and Holly texts me, and she goes, don't bother calling me. You can't come back at the hospital. So I had to spend the night, and I'm like, hey, I just went to go. I got a baby. I'm like, what? Come on. Oh, man. So you just gave her. That's good. That's what you should do. X X time for a while. And I I must have been hanging out with you, too. I I, (laughs) I can't remember. Um, Oh, man. No, that was a busy year with having kids, Mm -hmm. though, in Germany and not knowing what we were doing and trying to figure it out together. It was a pretty interesting time in our lives. (laughs) Uh, Like all the passports and the birth certificates and like. The, the girls not knowing, you know, they're getting into being mothers. And we were we were working through it together. We had a lot of chats, you know. <laughs> uh, talk about dealing with uh, paperwork. My friend, our good old friend, Klaus. Yeah. Yeah. He worked for the team. He'd help us with everything, wouldn't he? Yeah. But, you know, you talk about management. You know, you nowadays you pay a young kid that's motivated. You know, it, you know, it kind of goes all around. Not that. That whole organization, like we did tons of good stuff. I mean, golf tournament, they treat us well. Mercedes, you know, like we, I mean, I'm not, I'm really not complaining. I, I, I would go back to coach there. To be on, to be, to be honest with, to be honest with you, I don't think it was Rico. I really liked playing for Rico. I really liked him. I thought it was the guy above him that uh, at one point, came down to our locker room, the same guy that said he didn't need to pay for good sticks, came down to our best player, Mishi Hackert, our top center, um, been in the DL forever, hometown kid, comes home, and he comes in, he comes in with a Bauer stick that is right-handed and says, what do you think about this beautiful stick? Do you want to try this one out tonight? Like, I could get this one for you, and it was some demo. And... Mickey was like, Ernst, I, I shoot left. <laughs> he didn't know which way his star player shot, and he was the GM. So, yeah. No, I don't think it was Rico's fault, the guy that didn't know that you had to pay for sticks to be good. But, okay, we're going to move on because the next question is, where and what are you doing now? 
Um, well, times have changed, my friend. Times have changed. Yes, it's no longer about me now. I, uh, I have uh, Julia that was born. She's eight now. Um, I have a son, um, James. Is James looking at you right now? <laughs> no, but my buddy, this is my buddy, Julian. Wow, we've been talking about you on the podcast. I, I had my son when you were born, so you guys are like the same age. You and my son are like the same age. That's you were cool. My son was born in Germany when you were born there. They're like, what are you, what, what, what's the date? February? I'm December fifth. Uh, December and then where she's February, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So him and I played. He was number ten. I was number eleven. So, so do you speak parlez-vous français? Yeah. Okay. Just wondering if Dad's still teaching that or not. Oui, oui, oui. On parle français. Okay. Have a good night. See. Bye. 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 Okay. Okay. Yes, that's so that's what you're that's what you're doing now. Um is you're you're a dad now. So you got two? Yeah. So I got two. We got uh COVID James. Uh he was born March 31st. He's uh 14 months. Oh, March. you you waited in between. We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um and then um so within the uh, so now, as of as of May first, my friend, I am general manager of uh, Ice Hockey Arena called Bitterford Ice Arena. I drive the Zamboni. I sharpen skates. We have a bar there. I um, I'm trying to push a program for rollerblading right now and training and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, em employ there's one employee. <laughs> And it's me, me and, and me only right now at the moment. So uh, it's definitely an uphill battle, but there's some good people and it's been rolling. Uh, I have uh, six members of, of board directors that help me out. But um, so just to give you an idea. So uh, is that because of COVID? Is that why you're only in a one employee if you have a bar to run and you got to flood the ice? Like, how do you do that if you're just one person then? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I... Yes, that is because of COVID. I just started this past year, but um, I've been I've been coaching at that rink. That's how I got the job. To make a long story short, uh, I'm gonna backtrack to four years. When I retired from Germany, I went back home for a year, got into coaching in Vermont for North American Hockey Academy, which is girls. Ninety percent of the girls were going to Division One programs. Um, then I moved to Maine and then went, got joined this organization with Brad Church, which is a professional hockey player you might know. Um, and then I've been in this rink for four years, roughly, and coaching at any level, skills development type of thing. You know my dangles, you know, but. Oh, yeah, you can dangle. I know your dangles. Uh, I know yours as well, but I uh, would love to have you around too as a. If you want to ever come back, uh, come by, come in this area, and uh, where, sure. where are you? It's called. Uh, I'm in. I live in Saco, Maine, uh, which is near Old Archer Beach, uh, Portland, 
uh, I was in Portland for three years. We just relocated with the job. So I work at Biddeford Ice Hockey Arena. Uh, I'm trying to learn. I went to UNE today to learn how to put the ice on and this and that, man. Here's, here's the three things that you think you're never going to do as a professional hockey player is drive the Zamboni, sharpen some skates, and be a referee. <laughs> so I haven't been a referee yet, but that's the, the only two, the other two. I am fully on it now, and I cannot skate, skate sharpen skates for shit. <laughs> Excuse, <laughs> Excuse no, no, you, that's fine. Um, and speaking of cracking beers is uh, – I do have a sponsor on this podcast, and I've been sipping on a hazy sunset from the Bayfield Brewing Company, and I tell you, I really like this one. It is a New England pale ale, and this citrusy ale blends the refreshing taste of grapefruit and tropical fruits with the aroma and taste of an IPA. Their hazy sunset New England pale ale is an ode to Bayfield's world-famous sunsets. Sit back, soak up the sun, and enjoy. And speaking of that, I walked the dog right before this podcast in Concordia, 30 minutes down the road, and they are world-famous sunsets, man. It's wild around here, the beaches we have. But thank you for sponsoring the podcast, and I am actually loving the hazy sunset, and um, the uh, navigating lieutenant, I tell you right now, are tops on my charts. But uh, anyways fantastic beer so thank you and um i can't believe you're running an arena and you have no employees so when are you opening back up and when do you start hiring people because you're going to be a busy boy if you got to get a staff and everything together uh yes so you know obviously uh working on a new website to help out with that whole communication aspect of getting some new employees and people but uh i mean you know as much as you and I, that a lot of people, once they get into the ring, they like to be involved. Uh, so I, I, there is some positive in that. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been in that arena. I've known some people. I've been also in the state of Maine for quite a bit. So I've uh, some of those kids I've taught. Uh, I did um, um, summer programs when I was at U Maine uh, from 2002 to 2007. And believe it or not, there's a kid that we got a new junior program called the Eclipse. I'm going to be a, a, develop, a skills development with those guys next year. It's under our roof. And one of the kids uh, brought me a puck when he was young, signed when I was playing at UMaine. His mom said, hey, go, go, go get it, get it signed. And now he plays for the Eclipse. So it's like, I've been all coming full days. circle. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Kind of, I, I mean, believe it or not, I've been in the state of Maine for, for quite a bit. So, um, but no, there's definitely some interesting thing, kind of stuff coming with the, with that job, but uh, it just came, came on with that. Uh, been around the rink and we started the summer camp and then I just showed up and I was like, they're looking for an assistant management job. And then, uh, I was like, all right, what's the, what, you know, when with the salary? And I, I was like, you know what? I've been, I was painting at the time and flipping great company, my good buddy. Uh, thank God for him. Um, I'm going to have to pull a plug for him. Um, but um, yeah. And now I'm 
Zamboni. <laughs> Zamboni You're yeah. doing it all, but eventually you'll have a staff that'll help you out once COVID gets through here. So, um, well, congratulations on the new gig, man. Like I know it's hard out of hockey and, um, yeah, I knew you were going to do that prep school. I was always interested how that all turned out, but, um, we've been talking right before, for a- right before you go any further though. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned something about walking your dog. Uh, I believe your dog hang out with my dog, right? No, no, that's that's Beckham. That was the old one. That was uh, that Beckham was the. Was out. Uh, yeah, Beckham lasted about two more years. He lasted till he was about thirteen, and he was an unreal dog that did everything in the world a dog could do. He was in the Alps of Switzerland. He was swimming in Italy. He was doing it all, man. And uh, he would literally go everywhere with me with no leash in Germany. He was the best Can dog ever. Can you believe that? Can you believe, like, you carry our dog down there? When you're looking back at it, like, that things we did, huh? I know, man. Like, our get, dog's get going everywhere head. with us. Like, it was, like, and go, coming to restaurants with us. They'd come eat dinner with us. <laughs> Yeah, how's beautiful Lisa doing? Lisa doing? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, she's good. Busy with uh, we we got the we got two. So we got Zoe now. Um, she came in. She came in Cardiff, Wales. Um, a couple seasons later. Um, so yeah, we're a bit international, but at least we could speak to the nurses in that country. (laughs) Talk about that. Totally different experience. We just had that one with ours, and I mean, we had COVID with it, but whatever yeah at least you could yeah yeah at least you could speak to the nurses that was a trip man okay language bear we got to get into the rest of the show because i know it's been so long we just want to catch up but there are still a lot of your career here to cover man that we got to get into now we got to get into just about you i'm it's over about me minor hockey i want to know about because you're the first one from the quebec uh province is in levy and how does you go from there to being a French guy in the BCHL? I was curious about that one. So tell me that story. Um, pretty much, you know, solid Canadian program. Uh, and believe it or not, the, that program has grown and grown and grown and grown and grown. But uh, uh, what saved me to become a bum uh, like my mom would say, uh, is uh, they started this program called Sports and Study, uh, Sport Etude en Francais. So, uh, which you go to school in the morning, which is basically, uh, you know, what we did in college and, uh, you know, pretty much as an athlete, is you do your sport, you do your, you know, videos. But uh, so right in high school, um, I went into this program, it was called uh, uh, sports and study, like I said. So I was uh, school four periods of time until noon and then hockey in the afternoon. And on top of that, you were playing for your own team. So you had two nights and then weekends, but and then four things during the day. Wednesday was a regular six classes because you had to catch up a little bit. It was a special program that just started. Um, call me ADD. Uh, Wally, it just, I, I, I didn't do well sitting in class. So it was a perfect, perfect thing for me to just get into sports and just into the game of hockey. Uh, we learned a ton out there, man. We did like in practice, like we had some great coaches that taught, taught us a ton. That program now is like probably quadruple what it was back in the day. Um, 
Uh, People are pro- probably at- paying good money to go there now, or what? Because you to get good coaches in, no, you got to believe it's a public program. Is that right? Mm-hmm. But uh, don't quote me on that at all. But uh, you know how it is, hockey in Canada, even in Quebec, it's it it, it, it it's serious. So. Uh, they're offering more and more, but that whole mentality of going to school and play, uh, you know, get ice time, and it was great. So anyway, with that said, I ended up going to CJAP, and then uh, just out of that, what did you making, say, CJAP? Yes, which what? is junior, like a junior college program, kind of as you would call it, um, um, after kind of high school for you guys, and then. Um, I played really well there, and that's when kind of what put me on the map. I had a couple offers in the queue. Um, my mom was huge for school, so that's what brought me in the BCHL and had some great numbers in the BCH, BCHL. Broke my knee uh, halfway through the season, but I've one point a game my first year. And then, but then the second year, that's what brought me to call, bring, brought me to college. Is I, I went, I was third in the scoring. Uh, I believe you can Wikipedia that. Uh, I actually did today. My research team saw that today because I saw right. that you were like, you went to the BCHL and then I saw how many points you had. And I was like, well, how many would other people get? So I clicked on that league and like the guys, the you two. You might know the number one scoring. Yeah. Je- Jeff Tambellini. I played against him for four years. He was at Michigan. I was at Western Michigan. Oh. And he would always score just a little bit more than me, just like he did to you. <laughs> he yeah. Pretty good. He yeah. He was, he was pretty, he was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. No, I know you can lose to guys like that, right? It doesn't feel <laughs> as bad. Um, so what was your experience then? Cause uh, this is my question, which is my, it's my podcast. I can ask what I want is, I like it. um, you have been growing up in French speaking area your whole life, but then you, you, your mother and you decide you want the scholarship route and you go to the BCHL. That's gotta be a culture shock to go to an English speaking place, um, for the first time. And how is that adjustment? Um, I mean, it was it was tough. I mean, my sister, like she said, uh, exactly in the word she said, she said, "How are you gonna go there? You don't know how to speak English. All you know is yes, no, and toaster." In which we use toaster in French. So, uh, um, it was intimidating, and but you know, in in the opposite of what's going on nowadays. I mean, I don't know how it happened exactly for you and I'm definitely interesting to hear about it, but uh, you know, the nowadays it's like they're, you know, they send emails and things like that. I mean, I don't know. I just played hockey and somebody found me, you know, I, uh, in a weird way, I just. Uh, um, so they approached you and said, will you come out to the BCHL? Yeah, CJEP. Um, I another other pretty good story actually. As a rookie, I came in right, so I'm I'm a midget age. My first year moving to midget, and then everybody's been saying, you know, me, she too small, too small. You're never gonna make it. It's contact and blah blah blah. Yeah, I've heard that shit. Yeah, right. So uh, I get into midget uh, double B, and then uh, 
have a pretty good year the first year. And my second year, that junior team is like, ah, why don't you play for us instead? You know, uh, junior double B back home. And, and then the CJ team, I go to the, the camp and then I can't lift the bar. I, it's 135, you know, me, me and my lifting, Waldo, you know, <laughs> you, you and I, you and I both know about that. Uh, so uh, we, and I can't lift the bar. So the, the coach goes like this. And then the junior coach goes, well, what do you need? You need a fighter or someone that has hands. So anyway, someone breaks, breaks their forearm. And I ended up making it as a 12 forward with the, for the CJ thing team to make to make a long story short i finished rookie of the year with like 40 some points in 32 games and then the next year i go with 70 some points and i win mvp and then that's what sent me to bchl because one kid went to bchl and it was the captain is like oh we need a score yeah no oh, okay so, yeah so then what is it like though like so then do you go to english schools when you get there or are you done school are you in between like where are you at in school um uh, i graduated from high school i went to cjep i did not finish my cjep but i had two years of it so i transfer a bunch of those classes that is a pretty solid question waldo i will i will give you that you you that must be your 43 43rd uh <laughs> episode, <laughs> episode. I, this is what's curious to me man because like if i had to go to a german school when i first got there i'd be like no but you had to do that and what really freaked me out because we're not there yet is that you're a four-time NCAA all-academic team. So uh, um, now that just made me really curious about the education side of things here. So let's go. What was it like? So did you do school there or what? Yes. So I took uh, some uh, classes called Malaspina College, which... Uh, what was that? It, it, was at, it was in Vancouver. What was the name? Uh, Malaspina College, I believe. <laughs> okay. It was all Chinese people, uh, Japanese people. Nobody spoke English. I was a stud in class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, you should see, I mean, I, uh, that year I have uh, uh, my mother actually last month went and uh, she did. She digged into uh, all my stuff because she needed to clean up the uh, whatever the storage. And uh, those people took so many pictures from me, man. You wouldn't believe. I got the whole class involved into the whole program. They they came to practice. The the professor uh, made a lot of good friends. No, man, you always did everywhere you went. I saw it in Hellbron, man. Everybody loved loves. I. It's one of them, but um, that's cool. Um, hey, just, so, just be, hey, just be nice and people will be nice to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. be nice and be like a good person and like other people do that back to you, right? And they're like, if you mm -hmm. smile at them, they might smile back. <laughs> but um, moving on is, uh, what was my question was, um, is um, in the, yeah. no, in the BCHL, so you did do classes there, which I understand how you did well. Yeah, okay. Uh, Okay, yeah. I get that part, but um, uh, getting uh, into the English stuff, right? Like, how how good were you at English when you got there? Um, very zero. So, 
my mom drops me off. We're driving two hours from Montreal. I've never took a plane. I've, uh, I don't speak English like my sister said. And then my mom drops me off in Montreal and she goes, uh, she starts bawling. Right. I'm, I'm flying straight from Montreal to Vancouver. She starts bawling. It's like, what the hell? I'm just putting my, my son to flight. I'm 19 years old at the time. Can't speak English. Right. So basically, uh, th that story is pretty simple is I get in the plane. I know where my seat, I follow my seat. I have a piece of paper with my seat. I'm not talking to anybody. I go sit in my seat. I got a window seat. Uh, I, I want to go pee so bad, but I don't even want to get up. So I'm a five hour flight and I'm just like, you know, send my seat and all of a sudden, bing, it's time to get out, get out the plane. So I'm running for the bathroom, Whew, get out the bathroom out the plane because I just didn't want to get up in the plane. Didn't know, you know, 19, no, no, can't speak the language. I go pee. I'm hoping to find out someone that came out the plane get lost a little bit don't know what the hell is going on with the signage i see us information so i can read that i get there i'm like hey you know parlez-vous francais blah 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 no and all of a sudden i see a sign from the coach and then the coach picks me up and then we drive two hours and then he tries to talk to me and i'm like he's asking me for like are you thirsty are you hungry and i'm like <laughs> 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 like, nah, nah, nah. because we a year later i can speak english and he tells me that story and how are we going i'm like whoa what the hell i mean i mean just send me stop talking and just get me a hot dog you know like <laughs> say here a hot dog eat you know eat <laughs> then i get it oh uh, so it took you about a year and you think you could were you in a year you were you were pretty decent because you were young enough still maybe to learn quicker than like someone at our age right i, I mean uh, yeah uh no to completely fully not get really i mean that full that the full first year is like if you ask me a question and i'm like thinking about it and you get like more than two three people you're like you're ready to say something it's just a shit show talk about quitting a little bit but uh, it was fun out there. Um, it's kind of like an adventure, right? Like it's really like you had already done it, but then it's like when I, you I had junior, you played juniors, right? I, you know, I played like I went to NCAA. I was Western Michigan, right? Before that, before I played junior in Elmira, my hometown. Yeah. Like it with my parents, oh, but okay. like, so I never went anywhere. Right. But then when I go to Germany and it's like, everything's in German and a guy picks me up that speaks like no English. That's just a guy that works for the team. And he takes me to his little place in Germany and makes me homemade Spätzle. And I'm like, what is happening? And then we go for a coffee and sit outside. And he's like, I got a couple things to do. Just sit out here and have a coffee. And I just sit there and wait. I didn't know what was happening. It's like, it's, it's weird when you can't speak a language and you first get somewhere and you're just by yourself. Right. Oh yeah, man. Uh, I definitely. Um, so here's the biggest story for you then out of the next step from junior. So I got recruited to, to Maine, um, which, uh, it, it, it could be an entire episode. So I get to Maine, I get recruited to Maine, and I show up on uh, my recruiting, or my first day, and 
you can read that. I, I believe you can find some articles like Leveille, like living in this car and things like that. Like, because I talked about that in the past, but so I show up and it's like, uh, it's like, uh, like what, what do you call it at the beginning of the school a day? Dorm like a, or um, initiation? Um, the first day is like uh, initiation. No, uh, like where you, you sign be, up and right get in before, in August before uh, school start. Um, there's a day. Uh, okay, just keep going. Yeah. So there's anyway. yeah. What happens? So anyway, so you show up. You show you show up in school. It's Labor Day. Labor Day. You show up. It's Labor Day. So Monday is not open. So I show up. I drive in on a Sunday type of thing, and I show up in Orono, Maine, and nothing's open. Thank God I showed up for my recruiting trip with my parents because I would not know, right? So I'm like, I find out where to go. It's like, you don't even, you won't even know. So I showed up there, knock on the door. There's a couple players. I crashed. I don't have no cell phone at the time. And then the next day I wake up in panic. Somebody wakes me up. The coach, a head coach is calling these guys saying, hey, man, your mom is trying to reach out, man. She thinks you're fucking dead. <laughs> Excuse my language. She haven't heard from you since she left 17 hours ago. No, you know, like, so I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, mom. I just had to go crash to some guys, had no way to call you. Didn't want to ask them about, you know, calling. It's an international phone call, you know. <laughs> so I get so. So I stayed up there for uh, about a week and, and get back home. But so that day I crashed over to a couple of players, went to school uh, the next day, uh, the next day, stay, uh, not, nothing was open, tried to zoom around, met with the coach, just like that, stayed the night and then ended up like, spending the weekend drove the weekend after because I had all my stuff backed up and things like that but I just didn't know where I was going to be <laughs> so I lived in my car like in between class I go take a nap in my car and then finally this French guy Francis no you know Francis no uh, I don't think so uh, great player man he was amazing for a defenseman offensive defenseman he was a French guy, showed up, and he's like, oh, man, come over. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> I ended up taking my first shower or something. But <laughs> I was living, like, on campus with my Saturn for, like, a week. Because <laughs> you didn't know where you were supposed to be living or what? <laughs> no, I, I did. Because <laughs> I, I was a, I was a non-qualifier. So I was going to – which goes all with – that was a, so in the juniors to go back, I had to take the SATs, right? You had to take the SATs. Yeah. But I also had to take the TOEFL, which is a test of English as a second language. So I had to take both those tests, which I could not get better because I couldn't speak English. So I ended up taking a class and then I, I did 820 on my SATs, which it was 1200 at the time. But my score could not get better because it was, I would go, I would get 500, 520 in math. And then my English would be 300. No matter, what, I tried like, Waldo, I went like this. <laughs> Once I just, someone said, go. 
<laughs> and you just check them off. Yeah. I understand yeah. it now because when I looked at your uh, your thing, it said um, you sat out a year because yeah. you were ineligible um, in the NCAA. Correct. So that's tough because you're what? You're already like 20 years old and you're taking oh. a year off, eh? I was the oldest college player, I believe, at the time. 26 years old when I graduated. Well, you had a pretty decent career because what I got down here – um, since I haven't looked at my notes in a while, that's when I know I'm feeling it. Um, hey, with keep, keep talking as you turn down. Oh my gosh, you're doing it again. I'm going to have to do my second ad read of the day then is our other sponsor folks is stayinblue.ca. And now that the lockdown in Ontario is ending and, um, we can get back out there and go golfing and maybe even have a bachelor party. If all you young bucks are getting married or whatever's happening, if you guys want to go to the Blue Mountain Collingwood area, which is one of the loveliest places in Ontario, um, which is where everybody goes for vacation around here. So if you want to go there and you want 20% off, all you got to do is put in Wally 20. Wally 20 at stayinblue.ca will get you 20% off a three night minimum stay. And, um, I don't know why you'd pay full price if you can get 20% off. But the other thing is, is their other company is propertyvalet.ca. So if you do own a place in the area and you want a free estimate of, uh, of uh, what they can provide for you, which is basically everything, um, just uh, mention the uh, Wally podcast and you'll get a free estimate of your home and, uh, and everything they can offer. But um and that is stayinblue.ca, Wally20, and propertyvalet.ca. And Levy's back from getting a beer. This guy might be the biggest rookie podcaster yet, folks, to not bring a navigating lieutenant with him or a hazy sunset. But, hey, what can you do, folks? Because in Maine, as the oldest NCAA hockey player, he did have over... 40 points three times. He was an all-academic as a French guy and a two-time All-American. And it says he was the captain. And this is also on a program that was like running a muck back then. And um, the day literally I was, I had just given my verbal confirmation. I go to Western Michigan a year and a half before I went there. Um, the next year I had like a big year, but the, like the next game, I remember I scored a few goals and Western Michigan coach was there. And so was Maine's coach. And the main coach was waiting for me. And the Western Michigan coach told him like, sorry, we got him yesterday. And that was that, but we could have been teammates years ago, buddy. A lot of years ago. I, I, I mean, again, uh, just to, I, you and I did not even play together as far as I remember. Not much, no. And, like, right. for me, for me, I went to that team. I had always, like, ran the half wall or be up, been on the goal line. And then I got there, and they put me in the middle of the slot and said, you're a shooter. And I was like, well, not really. I don't just stand here and shoot. That's not what I usually do. Like, there's guys yeah. that do that. That's not me. Yeah, but, no, definitely let's move on to the next topic. But when I talk about mismanagement, is that is that – I would have loved to have a couple of shifts with Mickey. I never had any. He was a center. I would have to have many shifts with you. And that's what I love about coaching. Now that I'm looking at it, it's like 
you got to try some of the kids with all the kids. You can't just stick oh. one, two, three, four lines. You know what I mean? But well, you, know, you know what? Like, that's one thing I'll say about coaching, though, is like in my uh, – I used to speak about it a lot here early in the season was my phase three, team two, U9, concurrent Canucks. Um, was like literally – The U, U8 team. Uh, well, I would – I would have, it would be like, so it'd be four on four and I'd have two lines and they'd be like, so do you want to play best on best or do you want to mix it up? And I'd be like, well, you guys decide and I'm just going to react off of what you guys do. So if they put out their best line, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll put out my best line, but it'll be my best defender. It'll be my best forward. And I'm also going to keep a guy that can score for the second line. And if you want to go, you know, it's like, Whatever you want to throw, there's other ways around it, and it, it was actually kind of fun. And that was in uh, that was in co the COVID Cup. So maybe I'm a bit intense. Maybe I should just settle down, and you know. But anyways, moving on. Um, your time in Maine, like your team was incredible back then. Like you had Jimmy Howard, and the other goalie at one point was Frank Doyle, which played in Guelph against me, which was great goalie. You had Penner, and you had uh, Colin Shields who played in Belfast forever, who's a legend over there. Like, you had a hell of a team, eh? Um, Colin Shields was my hotel roommate uh, slash line mate. Uh, him and I scored. He made a lot of points for me. Um, so here's a quick story just about him real quick, though. But on my first game, walking in to watch the game, he shows up on – Kind, kind of like you, like, uh, yeah, a lot of similarities. It's like all of a sudden it's like goal line and then you can rip it top cheese right <laughs> from like the, oh, where the heck did that come from? And then uh, he, he was, do, he was going one-on-one -on -one again, again, a guy against a guy. And then the guy just never closed up the guy, the gap. So he just never went stick on puck. And then he just ripped it from the goal line. Boom, top cheese, short side. And I was like, oh, man. So uh, I believe I have probably, like, uh, that year I run, I won rookie of the year at Maine. Uh, and that's not just for Maine. That's the whole league, you were rookie of the year. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, but uh, that year, I, had, I through January 6th, I had zero goals, 26 assists. <laughs> the guy had a bomb of a shot man he was just a shooter and if you ask me what kind of player i was i was not a shooter i just enjoyed passing i i mean a nice pass and then it's in the back of the net i almost preferred that but a lot of the out of those 40 some points that i had that year um i think 10 of them was just off a face off when the face off he would just rip it Quick yeah, strike. you'd Quick win strike. it back to the left and he'd just snap her. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, Brady. Uh, he was good, but remind me what, what the next questions were. Well, nothing really. I just wanted you to talk about your time in Maine. Like, that really was, like, I guess you started late and that's why your pro options probably weren't as much, but you were a two-time All-American. So did you guys, if you're an All-American, usually your team, like, and you had those players, did you guys come close to winning stuff in that NCAA? Yeah, so uh, I drift I drift off on that story, but uh, what made our team good, man, is um, so 
the year that I got recruited at Maine, uh, the guys that sat out, Penner sat out that year, I believe, like, like even for a bit, like they were thinking about redshirting him. But we had like the year that I sh first showed up, we had Steve Carrea, uh, Lucas Lawson, um, you know, talk about men mentors in, in, in those times. Like they just taught, taught you what to do. But uh, so throughout that whole time, then you, then you had it a couple guys throughout those years. And it was just like, um, there's a flow to it. Uh, and I, 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 I know my train. No, I know what you mean. Every, lost, but, man. I know exactly what you mean is that in the college programs, you need a couple really good leaders at least every year or two to keep the program in line and keep it going right. Um, and yeah. you need that strong leadership that really will keep the guys in line because right. like there are a ton of distractions around that time of your life. And the fact for me that I had to sit out the first year was just really uh, a, a easy way. Like, you know, when you said, how'd you become a captain? How'd you get, but man, we had Jimmy Howard, Ben Bishop. Uh, we had some serious, serious, serious players, but my freshman year that year that you're talking about, uh, when we went to the frozen four and it was in Boston, we lost against Denver in the final. Uh, we lost 13 games by one goal. We were like fundamental, like hardworking team. Like, uh, like we did not lose at home at U at Maine. Twenty-one games, home games. Uh, we played like high percentage hockey, uh, and but uh, yeah, it was special. We I went three years out of four when I was there playing to the Frozen Four. Uh, really, I never even got to the playoffs of my league. Like, uh, I never even got to, like, the final six or four, whatever it was each year. I never even got to there of my league in college. Check, check this out, Waldo. So we go to my freshman year. We go to Boston. It's at Fenway. We had the banquets at Fenway. We go walk on the green wall and things like that, blah, blah, blah. But in order to make it, like, okay for both teams there's no blah 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 if you miss traffic or this and that so they did dedicated hotels for four teams or whatever when you get to the frozen four there's four teams right and then we add police escort to the arena you got the bikes going like this we're going 60 miles an hour downtown boston it's like five minutes. We're at the rink. Man, done. I was. We're like. We're like this off the window. <laughs> oh, in Boston, driving in Boston is insane. So that's why they're like. So we make it fair for everybody. Bam! Police escort. Oh, it was amazing, man. Amazing. Oh, oh I we St. Louis. I went to Wisconsin, St. Louis, and Boston. For the Frozen Four, we lost in the final my first year in Boston. What was the score? Uh, one zip. Really, buddy? If you want to talk about that one, 
we scored the first goal. It was disallowed because of that whole rule back in the day. If you look at up, I think it's 2003, you get foot in the crease. Oh. No, no goal. Remember that? Yeah. So they changed that up right that year. We scored a goal. They disallowed it. Gabe Gauthier. You must know Gabe Gauthier. Yeah, he was a roller hockey player too. I remember when they won it because that's like when I – yeah, I was in – college then like i that was mm -hmm. when i was not making the playoffs yeah denver yep they they had denver. a few good players back yeah back to back carl yeah we should have won back to back <laughs> i know but yeah you know what that sucks you guys didn't it really does like it sounds like you had a great time um i was curious what it was like there because i like realistically like western michigan was really good when they recruited me but Maine was like cream of the crop and like, they're like a kind of, it's kind of like country-ish, like kind of like what I like. Right. So um, how small of a town is it and stuff? Like what's it like as a town, a community? I played uh, there by the way, sick rink, sick rink. At Maine? Yeah. The, the old one there where they have the band playing above the net, like in warmups, just taking pucks off the chin. Yeah, please. Uh, please, please push that up right now. That is my advertisement right now. Uh, they're putting $125 million into the whole place. They've been struggling because it is a hard place to get recruited. Uh, so French Canadian like me don't care about that, but it's like one week you're on the road, the other week you're at home, one week you're on the road. So there's a lot of, if you're in Boston College, you get to play BU. So there's not as much traveling. So now people with social media and things like that, um, they really look at it. So, and then you main, it's like, oh, it's a really kind of like you said, that's why I went there. It was good for me. I did not need to go downtown Boston. I, I'm okay with, you know, a 12,000 dollar uh 12,000 people yeah no i i was the same way man i went to northeastern on a recruiting trip and i was like i i can't do this i'm too young i'm not ready for this like i'm from elmira ontario i don't want to do this yeah and you would have just been learning english if you yeah man that would have been intense too so okay it was all it was only five hours away to like proximity same thing with boston not to, to be honest but i don't know it was just more like yeah i don't need to get crazy about it but I'm, okay i gotta go back up. oh my gosh bring two down with you this time seriously got, like what are you doing oh my gosh you like bring four down this guy's not even gonna be able to talk anymore folks but the next question i'm gonna bring up is i'm not gonna bring it up i'm gonna hit stop and start over sorry i i, hey. I, I did not i did not hey i did not i did not know i was gonna have that much fun Hey, of course you knew you were going to have this much fun. You're Are you kidding me? So much, you're bringing back so much memories, man. Dude, it's, it's... We know what's good is that sometimes I just see in your face that you know what, you, what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about all of this because I went through the same stuff, but we are recording again. So I wanted to know, though, <laughs> this is the other part. It's like I get your, your mom pushed education and then you had to learn English. But like you went from taking a couple classes or whatever with, um, say, second language pe English people as well to then... Becoming an all academic 
with Maine for four years. So how do you pull that off? Um, uh, uh, great resources around. Uh, you know, when you go to college, uh, you know, that's probably the biggest thing I miss. Um, I mean, you've been through it. I mean, from the facilities to, you know, you have people that train and stuff like that. But uh, no, I, um, so the year before I went to UMaine, believe it or not, I was working in a factory. I was making uh, electric cables. And uh, uh, in the summer, I did that for three months. I was making great money. I was making $500 and 42 clear uh, per week. Uh, I was able to buy Bud Lights, uh, you know, at the time. Um, felt good, but it was a hard, it was a hard working job, man. I would, it was 102 degrees in the factories and things like that. And that was kind of a, just a wake up call to say, Hey, maybe it's a good idea. Go to college. You got an offer. Why don't you try that? Um, so, um, so you realized how hard to try at school and you tried at school. Uh, I, uh, no, I, I just did what I needed to do. Um, so classes were 15 minutes or hour 15. I didn't think it was hard for me. And I, I, you know, you can call anybody that, you know, about my time. I, I, I mean, I was not perfect as a leader. I, uh, you know, but I, I went to class. I, I just went to class. I, you know, I, it was school over hockey type of thing, but I just, you know, the biggest thing that they taught me is just how to manage, uh, you know, your family, um, your school. Uh, but I, I just, I wanted to play because I had to sit out. So my first year, so I had to do some good, some good stuff in school. I had to get my grades up and prove them that I can speak English and play hockey and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I knew I could. Uh, I would, uh, I would say if you were um four time all academic team, I would say you proved you could speak English and do school and do hockey. I think it's very impressive. I, when I saw that today, I was very impressed. Like I really was. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it goes in and hand. I'm just the last thing on that. So with the CJEP classes, so I went two years. That's the big thing I did. So I was able to transfer some classes from there. Uh, because it's it's similar to college or in uh, university here in the states, and then but uh, uh, what I did is uh, my first semester ended up taking six classes because I wanted to pro possibly be eligible for the second half, and then I did I did all my six classes did really well because all I was doing I, I didn't know anybody so all I was doing the hockey team I was I wasn't part of it. You know, like I wasn't eligible to do anything with them. So I was just like a regular student my full first year. Thank God I ended up meeting a bunch of good people, man. Uh, that will be definitely an entire new episode. Yeah. Uh, but uh, roommate from Quebec, people, French people and this and that. But just getting involved in the call in the in the university itself. But 
You would have known so many more people than just being a hockey player that first year. You like it would have carried through as a hockey player for the next four years, eh? Yes, yes. Yeah. Because uh, the weird thing too is that you get into the whole age, man. I was able to. I was so old that I was, I was able to go to the bar. Mm -hmm. So, but then you get. I recruited some kids that were sixteen years old that I knew were never going to make it to the bar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you like know what? Last year. You still have like we've been going a while, and we still got. We are not even into pro. It's enough's enough. Enough's enough. Yeah. I I want to know. Yes, well, you, it, next yeah, question. Yeah. Next question is 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 you got forty plus points three times. You're two time All American, but you're old as balls. So. What are the options going to pro as a 37-year-old? Sorry, 26. 25? Yeah. Um, honestly, man, I, I mean, times, I don't know. I don't know why. I think it's just bad agent or uh, I don't know. I, I went the Toronto Marlies, New York Rangers, and things like that. Um, right after college i i ended up going to toronto but toronto now that i look at back at it you know what i mean it just i'm like no you should have sent me to columbus it was a brand new organization you know like i, I was just a free agent i talked to doug gilmore and there's like 70 17 kids on half a million contract right in front of me that i signed as just a six $60,000 contract. But those are the things now that, you know, you've been part of it. That Well, that's the things you learn, right? And like with the with the agents, man, they, they a lot of times have so many players and so many other, other conversations and discussions that like when it comes down to it, it really like these kids need to know it's like their decision. Like you got to go with your gut. Like I did the same thing where I went with Columbus where they hated me because they'd guaranteed it to me where I could have gone to Toronto and had a fresh start. It's all. And like, I knew that. And I, I just listened to my agent and I wasn't like a man yet. I didn't, it wasn't like, no, I'm not doing that. I want to do yeah. this. Right. And you just, you're not, you're, you're too young to make some of those decisions. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you're looking at, I'm sure you're looking at some of the NHL right now. Go, I can't believe the Canadians pulled that one out Toronto and then bam four. Anyway, another topic, but, uh, you're watching the hockey right hockey right now. It's like those they the twenty years old just makes mistakes after mistakes and just get back on the ice. It's like that's yeah. not what happened to you and me. You no. make one mistake, it's like see ya. Yeah, no, and if you did have one mistake in a game, you were done for the night. In the AHL, you got there and you made a mistake, you're done. And yeah. you see these guys and like some of the goals that are happening in overtimes. You're like, if I made that play, that cost the team the game. And like, those guys are back in the lineup the next night. And it's like, where is the accountability now? Like, these guys all are just making plays and easy breezy, but it's all about speed and being young and fast. It's not about like making the right play all the time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but Anyways, okay, we got sidetracked again. You're in the Marlies. 
the, so you leave Maine, and the, what I okay. saw is you played three games, and you got two goals. That's pretty good for, out of college, eh? Yes, that was my tryout right after college. I, I, I did really good. Learned, did they give you some ice good. time those games? No, that was exact. I mean, that was exactly what I was gonna say. I mean, Waldo, you know me. You and I are very, very, very similar in how we play. We slow it down and we understand. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Kucherov. I, I, you know, I see a lot of you and I and Kucherov where it's like you constantly slow it down and just chip it there, chip it there, get it back, get it back. But, um, um, you didn't get a big opportunity when you got there. So, my first year, I played 41 games. And uh, out of that 41 games, uh, I love this quote right here. You're going to love it. Please use it. For about 25 to 30 games, I was part of the grocery stick line, which separates the defenseman from the forward really well. Yeah. Guys, you know, we want to make sure you guys are good. Defenseman over there, forward. There's a game, man, I had that 10 seconds. Full game. The coach said, all right, lads, you're, you're up. Sure, boom, penalty. 10 seconds later, oh, no, come back. I I went on for 10 seconds. And I'm, uh, like, I'm, playing, I'm playing on the fourth lines with the goon. I'm like, I power him. I'm a power play guy. I'm like, what? No, you, I'm give me, you give me two fries in, in the practice. <laughs> you give me two fries on the practice. I try to sauce something, or right, then you nope. So you so leave. Well, and then and then they don't even give you the right sticks to sauce it correctly. But like the thing is, is I did the exact same thing. I literally left college and played on the fourth line with the goons, and mm-hmm. I never got a chance. And I literally played a game one time. I'll never forget this one. This was. It was the most annoying game I've ever been a part of in my life. It was a kid's um, game, like, in the middle of the afternoon on, like, a Friday where the classes come to the game at, like, 1 in the afternoon, and they literally all just scream the whole game. Like, you couldn't – they weren't cheering. They were just, like, screaming and loud. And I went out for one shift in the first period. My line completely dominated. We cycled them the whole shift, almost scored – and then I never played another shift the rest of the game. And I was like, well, I would get it if I had actually messed up this time. But now I just don't get it. <laughs> well, you know what? You and I are actually too good is sometimes that that the answer, like same thing at the AHL trial, they cut you, right? Oh, well, you anticipate too much. Or, uh, you know, you got to improve your speed. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steph, man. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Tell me something I don't fucking know. <laughs> the, the, I'm, I'm plus two. I, I feel good about myself. I, I didn't bury anybody. But, you know, oh, it was I, a different I, game. It was a totally different game, and we got into it. Totally different game. So, you play one year, don't get much of a chance, and sounds very similar to mine, but I'm mainly in the East Coast where I actually get to play first line. I actually kind of enjoyed it. I would have much rather done that than what the AHL was that year, man. That sounds like a tough grind. Was it? Um, not that bad, actually. Uh, Toronto was, you know, despite, you know, the whole ice time. Ice time was the grind, but the rest of it was fine. 
Okay. Ooh, I might that be on to something right there. Okay. <laughs> so after you're done, though, that was like a one-season AHL deal, I'm assuming. And then you go to... Nope. I had a, I had a two-year deal with Toronto. Uh, one year winning the option. But I didn't take the option. I just, I just, yeah, I just wanted to play hockey. I don't want to sit down. Yeah. So then where did you go then? You went to Manchester Monarchs and Charlotte, right? Yeah. Manchester Monarchs in the American Hockey League. Uh, played the PTO for 25 and they wanted to re-sign me, but I was just, I, again, I wasn't playing. I you know, I, I probably lost confidence. If you want to be completely honest about my entire, I, I wasn't, I, I just, I, I don't know, man. You well, know, I, I think just, I, I know what I it is. Me. I wasn't but me. You know I mean? was the exact same in the HL. I was the exact same. It's because guys like us, you're that are skilled guys and like, like power play guys. You ask me to go bury this guy. Yeah. I don't want to go bury Let me read the points. Right, but like you just don't, you're not feeling the puck either. You're not feeling the puck, and you're not, you're not feeling the game. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Okay, now go out," and you're like, "Okay," and then you go out, and you're like, "You're," it's almost like you're nervous because like you've been sitting there so long, and then your legs don't work because you've been sitting there so long. Where there are guys that are used to sitting there all game. That's what they do. Like, and we never had done that our whole lives, and we'd never done it until we get to the HL. And then all of a sudden we just sit there all game. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. Okay, so then you go to the East Coast and you're back to feeling it, right? You're in uh, Charlotte in the coast now. Yeah. So now, yeah, now you're yeah. back to playing, right? I mean, just exactly what I I talked to you, I've been taught, telling you about. I had a great general manager, great owner. Uh, when I moved there, I uh, again I had a an offer as a contract, $50,000 probably in uh, $50,000 to go back to the Toronto Marlies. They took my option and reduced it from, I was making 60. They said my option was 70 and they said, no, we're not taking your option anymore. We're going to 50. I was like, fuck man. I don't want to be here. Uh, yeah. So you want to be wanted. Yeah. Right. So I ended up going to Charlotte. And um, became a captain. Then we had a young, we had a young, some young good players. I mean, there's still some guys playing right now. Uh, but again, just being the old guy. Uh, yeah, I guess you'd already be like what twenty. I guess you're twenty seven or eight by then, eh? Because you get into pro so late. Right. No, I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I, well, it is weird that you, I guess that that's the one thing about this pod of most people is you're getting into the whole thing late. You're getting in like three, well, nowadays way late because nowadays if you're not in the NHL by 20, that's it. But uh, yeah. anyways, um, Charlotte, I had a couple questions because I did check out the roster to see if I knew anyone. And actually a couple pot, former potters is uh, Deeds. Devin Didiametti was on mm -hmm. the team for 15 games and had 128 penalty minutes. And he was yep. episode about 15-ish. Um, but uh, I'm curious, do you, like, do you remember do you know that? Him? Do you know him? I do now. We've potted together. 
Yeah. Uh, Devin is, uh, uh, we spend a lot of time together. He's a beauty. Uh, Absolute beauty. I I was going to say, talk about work ethic. Uh, Some people, I mean, the mental work ethic and work hard, you know, like not as skill as you and I, but, uh, um, I could give her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he knew what he had to do to make it and he was going to do it. Right. Yes. Uh, him and I are good buddies. Uh, uh, not good buddies. I, I see him on Facebook. I, but I, yes, I, uh, yeah. Beauty is the best way to describe him. Yeah. No, he was on that team. And I also saw, which I don't think it was very long, but Hendo was on that team too. Trevor Hendricks, but very short. I don't know how many games it was, but do you know him? Yeah, man, Trevor, actually, he played for a while. Uh, we played together for a bit, man. Trevor has got this full thing going on online, He's, uh, which I never thought. Trevor was as tough as they get. Really, like, tough well, he's guy. one of my best buddies. He's from Cardiff. Um, I played with him as a rookie in Dayton and then again in Cardiff as my last year. I love the stuff that he's got going on right now. I can't, he, he keeps popping up on my Facebook all the time. With the Hendricks hockey there? Fuck yeah. Yeah, no, he's good at what he's doing. And uh, he actually yeah. ran he ran Colby's hockey team through a little thing the other week there. And uh, he did great. Um, like, he, he's, yeah, he's man, Charlotte, doing great, I mean, man. Yeah. Man, Charlotte was a blast, man. Buddy, you, you had some good you. dudes there, eh? Oh, fuck. We had a great, 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 great guys. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I can't even, yeah, you know, probably like a dozen more. Oh, I, when I look at some of the rosters, like, especially when I'm interviewing a guy around my age, like literally every team you pull up, you're like, wow, I know a handful. It's like, well, who are you going to bring up? <laughs> I, I would, I would end my career in Charlotte, North Carolina, honestly, the Derek Wilkinson, you know, Derek at all. Yeah. Those, those guys are amazing. Um, I think actually, yeah. Anyways, those two, were, those two were the coaches, but they were just. I think the Wilkinson guys were. He has something to do with Western Michigan. I think his old man or something. No, to, Derek and Jason are Charlotte Checkers in the AHL now. The only reason why I went to you. But I think they went. To, I Charlotte think they're a Western Michigan before, like way before that. Like I oh, think yeah. they have some. I think Wilkinson, his old man, or something. Unless I'm thinking of a different Wilkinson, but anyways. The goal. So, anyways, the goal. it yeah, duh, whatever. So, anyways, I got another question for you then. So, how do you go from that? I guess you're in the coast. You're the captain. You're loving it. But then, how do you decide to go to Hellbrown? And how does that even happen? Um, like, how do you go to Germany? How how does it happen? How do you get in contact with Germany? Because I know my story. Yeah, my agent. I think that yeah, my agent, the agent, somewhere somehow. So yeah. you you were just done then in the coast, and you go to Jer- you go to Hellbrown, I guess, for three years, eh? Yeah, yeah. Then my agent, which yeah, no names. I, I yeah, I yeah. That's that's what he got for you then, out of uh, out of the coast, right? Yeah, that's my no. The same agent that I had out of college put me to that same league in Germany. You knew Rico, ended up calling him. Rico called me. I was 
living in Bar Harbor, Maine at the time. And then they offered me a good contract and I said, let's go. And next thing you know, five months later, I just drop off at whatever, uh, that rink. And then they just say, hey, here's the keys to the Mercedes B2000. And then there we go. <laughs> going to drive you to your apartment. And then... Oh, man. Those days with... Yeah, those days when you first get dropped off in Germany, like you first get off the plane, they're like, well, here's your car and here's your apartment. And you're like, well, I guess we're going to figure it out from here. <laughs> you got to find the grocery store. You got to find like toilet paper. You got to find food. <laughs> oh, buddy. I remember those days like it is yesterday. I mean, my wife and I having a conversation at four o'clock in the morning. Like, you sleeping? No, I'm not. Like, that's six hour time change out here. What the hell? We don't have no milk, no food. We don't know what the hell we're doing. There's actually metal blinds that comes out the windows. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh man, some of the some of the things man, like they 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 went like this. They said, Do you know how to drive a car? I said, Yeah. Okay, perfect, good. They go, they go, good. Well, my first year say, all right, follow me. I go, oh, yeah, like, like, yeah. It's... Lights over here, here, over here. I go, oh. Well, and then it's just it's standard too, right? And like there's the North Americans that come over that can't drive standard and the wives that can't drive standard. And every season, like, it all is very interesting if you got new North American, new imports in Europe, or if they've been there before. Because if they've been there before, you're all like, it's like when we met each other, we're like, hey, like, we've been doing this. Yeah, we know what we're doing. But, like, there's still ties where you're like, hey, like, what did you do here? Where did, what did you do there? And, but those new guys that, like, that first year we had uh, Fish, David Fisher, great player first round draft pick to the Canadians and has had a great career over there. And he didn't know anything when he got over there. Right. Like, and he was just, what was he like 20 something years old? And he was, we were trying to help him. Right. Yes. Fishy. Yes. He's still going, man. I think he's like still in like Austria or something. Oh, I would love to talk to him. Yeah, I haven't talked to him since either. But anyways, moving on, we talked about Hellbron enough, and I think we've been running very long. So you, Elite Prospects, tells me is you did decide after we have kids to play one more season in the Quebec League. So you weren't, were you in Maine then, or why were you playing? Like, what was going on there? What's going on? Why are you playing in for the St. George de Boos Cool FMs? Um, semi-pro league, baby. It, yeah, there's a lot of fighting stuff, right? Mm -hmm. One year, and that's that's all I did. One year, one year only. Um, yeah, no, I had a good time. Met some good people out there, but just a good old school Canadian league. Um, and you were done with that nonsense. I mean, um, no, I mean. It's actually a really good league, man. They just well, there were good players in there, man. The guys I saw leaving Europe were all going there. Everybody was going there. 
Yeah, there's tons of good players. I got paid pretty good out there. There's just a lot of, uh, um, you know, dysfunction as far as like who owns the teams and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Yes, I need to go for one of those too. Um, um, well, we're almost done anyways. Um, but no, um, yeah, St. George was great. I played with uh, Stefan Goulet. You might know he played in, he played in Biddingheim, I think. Steph Gula. Yeah, I didn't play with him, but yeah. no, I know there were some great players there, like Doug Andrus. I played with him beating him. He played yeah, there for. Yeah, yes, I saw him that year too. But it was just it's just, it's a, it's a fighting. It, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, it's good. It's good when you can play hockey, but um, yeah, yeah, when the other stuff's happening, you're like, come on, yeah. I mean, uh, my one of the games, I. I the clock was that went down three seconds that I was on the bench for like an hour and a half. It was fight and fight. I just you know they didn't even start the clock. It was just one fight after the other. So for fifteen seconds, I'm just like, come on, man. So they just went no. Fight. And I'm like, like oh. I was like, I need to warm up again. I'm gonna blow a groan out there. Uh, I I find that stuff very exciting. I really enjoyed watching the fights. I always liked it. I just some of the things I'd see what guys do, and you're like, "Geez, how can that be worth it?" Like, man. But then, so have like, you watch? Have you watched Tough Guys? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So here's the beauty. The the chance I had to play with is uh, Kevin Westgard, man. Well, I played against him. He was in Belfast. I mean, I partied with Kevin Westgard and Teddy Purcell and some of those guys uh, with the – oh, man. And But Westgard, I mean, beauty, beauty, a bunch of beauties. Yeah. No, like, it, it's got to be hard, like, to be a fighter like that. But I would say that's about, like, that's it for the career. I think we've covered everything. Um, how, many, how many fights have you got? Have you got? I've, I've seen you getting oh, angry a little bit, but I'm trying yeah. To no, I fought. I would say in like my career, I wouldn't. I I think my rookie year in the coast, I got in like five to six just uh, by doing dirty things that I didn't. I didn't know because I was in college, and then I do them um, because I used to do them in college, and then I realized that a six foot five guy was going to come out and kill me after. And then there was a couple times where I had like third man ins to save me. And that's when I was like, okay, I can't do those things anymore. <laughs> Cause my buddies were getting suspended to save me. And that that's not good, <laughs> but okay. I think this is about it. Do you got anything else before we shut her down and just catch up in uh, general? Um, you asked me. He's in the fridge right now, folks. I better shut it down before he gets carried away. And that has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Levy and Wally. Some people clap on the one and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people don't join at all Cause they got no rhythm And that's alright Some people they drink too much 
Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Goldbands. I'm like Pete Southdown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, man. I'm better off out of my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend in my own mind. I'm good for some, but I'm not. 